Welcome to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. This is a space for community, healing, hope, and education around topics of rescue and growth. Our prayer for this series is that it illuminates a deeper understanding of struggles within and around us, as well as God's profound love and redemptive light in Jesus Christ. Hi, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Deep Light. My name is Mark Davis. I serve as one of the pastors here at Park City Presbyterian Church. And we are really grateful that you're watching or listening to this podcast. We're in, a, in the middle of a series on, on sex and sexuality, really looking at God's design according to His Word and the beauty of that gift. But recognizing because of the fall of man, going all the way back to Genesis 3, We see so many ways in which brokenness has entered into our lives, and we've all experienced it. There's none of us who are without sin. Every one of us have experienced that in profound ways. Today, uh, Pat Hoban is with me, and Tom Marion is here, and we're going to talk about the ways in which we, as a church, seek to help uh, women and men who have felt the profound brokenness uh, of this particular sin, of sexual sin. And it's something that none of us escape. whether it's lust, whether it's something that's been done to us or by us to another, uh, we desperately need the healing work of God's profound grace. And so we hope you'll join us. Uh, this is an intense subject. And so if you're in carpool and you know, you're listening to it, you might pause it for a minute while your kids are around and then listen to it later. Last thing I want to say before we start is if there's anything you're struggling with, if any need you have, we would love to walk alongside you. You can reach us at deeplight at pcpc.org through email, or you could call our church offices at 214-224-2500. I'll repeat that again at the end of our video of this end of this podcast. So once again, thanks. Brothers, thank yes. you for joining You're me. You're welcome. I'm very, Great. very grateful to each of you, first for the story Uh, that your life is in Jesus Christ and the ways in which you are walking alongside so many people, helping them as as they deal with the realities of sexual sin in their life, which can come in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. And what I would love to do is today have a conversation specifically about why is it so hard for people to seek help on this particular area of their life? And then what kind of help do we as a church offer specifically and how might that minister to those who are in our body, but also outside our body? You know, what can we be encouraging people to do as they deal with all sorts of struggles this way? Does that yes, make sense? Very much so. Yeah. I was wanting to just start out with something that's a little bit um, fun, I guess, and that is the, you and I did the very first Deep Light podcast. Yep. And does, that feel, that, does that feel like a long time ago? It does feel like a long time ago. I had gray hair then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, in that episode, uh, I shared a story about how um, there was a gentleman that visited the church, happened to sit uh, in the aisle in front of uh, Bill Bogart mm-hmm. during the ritual of friendship. Bill turned around and introduced himself. It was Tom Marion. Mm-hmm. Bill invited him to the Tuesday morning men's Bible study. The, uh, the result of that was he sat at Bill's table for several weeks. Bill came to me as a facilitator of the table discussion and table leaders, and he says, Pat, I think that Tom would be a great table leader. Mm-hmm. And I will just say the rest is history. Yeah. Um, he has become one of my closest confidants in ministry yeah. um, and has taken on a huge role for us in this whole area of ministering to men and women in this area of sexual brokenness. And so, Tom, thank you 
for all you've done and the gifts that you've brought to our mm -hmm. team and our ministry here at the church. You've really been a great blessing. Well, praise so. God. It's been a, it's just been a great experience for me to, yeah. you know, I guess I've drank the Kool-Aid, walked, <laughs> walked into the Presbyterian church and became a Presbyterian. It's been great uh, being with everyone yeah. and serving together and um, being able to make an impact, which yeah. I really think we're doing. Yeah, We definitely are. And I, I saw you even this Sunday, you know, mm -hmm. so I've, I've robed up now, I'm heading into the sanctuary. And I see you sitting in one of yeah. our conference rooms and the glasses there, and I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're talking to somebody, having some encouragement and accountability. Yeah. And during this series um, on sexual brokenness and also looking at the beauty of sex and God's design, uh, we have two men that you've walked alongside who share their story. And I don't yes. know if that'll air before this or after this, but yeah. if you're watching or listening, you should go back and listen to it. It's very powerful. Yeah. Well, let's begin here. Yes. Um, so Genesis 3. Before that, God's created everything, everything's perfect, right. including the way in which uh, man and woman will relate to one another, sexual intimacy, all that, nothing's broken. Right. Then they fall, they mm -hmm. eat, they do what God's commanded them not to do. And immediately you see the brokenness that comes in. Yeah. The scriptures say their eyes were open, they realized they were naked, mm -hmm. and they hid from one another, yes. and they hid from God. So you begin to see already emotions that they'd never known, fear shame, yeah. humiliation, all, all of it. And then God pursues them, you yes. know, with his first question in the Bible, where are you? Where are you? Why does a God who knows everything, sees everything, and is everywhere present ask the question, where are you? Yes. It's not because he doesn't know. He's implying already, I'm coming for you. Yes. Amen. But Adam speaks and says, we were afraid mm -hmm. because we were yeah. naked, so we so hid. hid. Uh. God's second question then comes, who told you yes. you were naked? Yes. I just wonder what Adam's face yeah. looked like then. But you see the brokenness because he blames God, the yes. woman you put here with me, yes. and he blames the woman. Mm. Yeah. So now we have, in a sense, the rest of history. Where we've yeah. watched how even in the early pages of the Bible, sexual sin manifests itself in horrific ways. With us in the time period we're in, mm -hmm. Pat, I want to start with you. Yes. How would you describe just what's going on in our culture in terms of sexual sin right. in general? Well, it's, it is, you were so right that this, this time period is Every boundary is being pushed. Every yeah. uh, concept that we have is being challenged, and it is creating camps and divisions, and it is um, really extenuating the brokenness to yeah. levels that are um, seemingly irreparable at this point in time. Okay. I don't believe they are, yeah. are not, but but I, I just say it, it becomes very, very significant. And what we see in the midst of that is... Um, even though the acceptance became, becomes even broader and broader on so many fronts, mm -hmm. we also know that the shame factor yeah. that you referenced from uh, Genesis 3 becomes very much more at play within it. And it's not just the sexual brokenness, as we all know, doesn't just exist outside the church. Yeah. It's people inside the church sure. as well. And so what we find is that that element of shame gets tied together with the sexual brokenness to the point where people are very reluctant to even talk about it, mm -hmm. yeah. where, you know, we can ask people to raise their hand, uh, you know, if they're struggling with something, and on that topic, nobody will raise their hand. Yeah. And yeah. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so we see people that are suffering in silence, and we see relationships that are being deeply wounded and broken because um, even though it may be in silence, 
oftentimes the exposure comes forth and then the damage is done. Yeah. And so um, it, it's almost uh, marked like working in the ICU, to be honest yeah. with you. That's a great picture. You know, yeah. you use that phrase, seemingly mm -hmm. irreparable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's certainly going to create more shame. Like yes. if this is that bad, there's just almost no hope. So the that's first right. thing I wanna, I wanna say this is loud and clear from the beginning, there is hope. There's yeah, hope. Absolutely. There's so much hope. Yes. And you're not alone. Right. No matter where a person Thank is, you. no matter what's happened yeah. to them or what they've done, yes. you know, or what they're doing. Right. There is hope and the power of Christ Jesus yeah. to heal, yes. to restore. I mean, there's there's so many things. And that's really what I want to talk about today. It's yeah. just how does a person move from I don't even know how to talk about this, yeah. or I I know I can't talk about this to right. a place of no. You can yeah. and you must. Yes. Yeah. You need to get out. How can we help people get to that place? Yeah. Tom, what yeah. do you think? Well, you know, I, when you, as you're saying that, you know, one thing that I think about a lot and is that, you know, if I tell you who I am and you don't like me, it's all I've got. And that is super duper scary, right? Mm -hmm. If I was to go and say, you know what, this is, this is me. This is what I'm about. And this isn't just sexual stuff. This is really just being honest with all the things in your life that aren't right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I see this, the sexual piece is just magnified so greatly upon that. I mean, people are posers in all different settings, right? Sure. And they're posers about their finances, their jobs, their careers, mm -hmm. et cetera. But when you move into the sexual piece, there's even amplified shame around that. Yeah. And so I guess what I see is, is, I think there's two pieces to it. There's the piece of, um, you know, how does a person who's struggling sort of come into the light? And there's also the, the piece of how do, I and all of us really in the church. And you know, you mentioned Genesis three. Well, if you go back to Genesis 1, 26, where God's saying, you know, I've made man and woman in my image, that means I'm an image bearer. Mm -hmm. And so how do I create an environment or how do I hold space for people as an image bearer of God where they can come out of that place of fear and they can sit in that sort of container of safety mm -hmm. and say, you know what, this is who I really am. Yeah. And that takes grace and your own comfortableness with your own stuff, mm -hmm. sort of that you, you, you realize that, you know, I'm a broken person too. We all have needs and, and, and problems, but then we allow another person to be who they really are. And they know when they come, they'll go away not feeling convicted, con not feeling condemned oh. and shameful. Yeah. So it's really important, I think, to have that in mind. So you've led a lot of groups and you've led a lot of individuals. You both have done so much work in this area. What what would be helpful for the listener to know is normal to be going on in your mind as you're thinking about coming forward to tell somebody I've got a problem? In other words, what, what do we know they're thinking? What are they shared with us? Like, I'm scared to do this because dot, yeah. dot, dot. What are those things? Because what I would like to do is say, it's normal to feel that fear. It's yeah. normal to have that reluctance. Let's, let's name those yeah. things sure. that might keep people from coming forward. Yeah. How, what would some of those be? You know, the phrase that I oftentimes use with people is, what do you fear being exposed as? Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say that in my encounter with dealing with people on the sexual brokenness topic, um, the word that would come out, and, and I grieve this deeply, but is, this, I'm despicable. Mm -hmm. And to be able to speak truth into that lie, mm -hmm. that even though whatever they've done, or as you mentioned, had done to them, um, is dark, it's, it's painful, it's, it's, you know, uh, has had many ripple effects to it. 
um, that we want to speak the truth of God's love into that place that can really most powerfully uh, address the lie that, that they're living out of. And so that's the beginning of it, Mark, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, is helping them come to the reality that, oh, I am not despicable. Yes, amen. And you may have a different word, Tom, yeah. that you've bumped into, but, um, you know, it is not just, yeah, I'm a sinner. It is, I am not even just chief amongst sinners, yeah. as Paul would say, yeah. but it would be like, I am so far worse than anyone else you could ever imagine. Yeah. Which yeah. means that they feel isolation, right? right? If yeah, I feel that so. way about myself, I'm that despicable to myself, to God, yeah. then certainly I am to other people. And yeah. therefore I am just, I'm the only one like this. Yeah. That's right. right? Which yeah. is so far from being true, yes. but I hear that all the time. Yes. I just don't think anybody else is struggling with this. That's like, right. I promise you're not the only, even scripture says yeah. you're not the only yeah. one. That's right. What would you say, Tom? Well, you know, I, I, um, I don't know if the listeners will be able to get my visual, but if you think about this small table in front of us and there's some phones on it, there's some water and some caps to the waters on it, and this is our life, and all these things on the table are different parts of our lives. Mm -hmm. And if this phone right here is my sexuality, mm -hmm. and when I say that, I mean whether it's a gender issue or a same-sex attraction issue or a pornography issue or buying sex, whatever person's really struggling with. Mm -hmm. And if you take this thing, this your sexuality, and put it right in front of your face, mm -hmm. you cannot see anything else mm -hmm. on the table. You can't see the water bottle, which could be your job or your marriage or your whatever else. And what I try to do is I just try to help people, let's just put that in, in a neutral state for a minute mm -hmm. and just put it on the table. And when, when, they, when I ask a question, like, what if, you, if pornography wasn't a problem for you? The guy will look at me and their eyes will almost roll in their heads like a slot machine yeah. because they can't even comprehend what would my life be like if it wasn't obsessed around this issue, yeah. whether it's behavioral or the outcome of the behavior, but really, to realize, you know what, I am so much more than this. Mm -hmm. And when you, and you, as soon as you say, I'm gonna take this away, and maybe you get freedom from that, then you realize, I'm underneath that, and now uh -huh. I gotta deal with me. Yes. Yeah. And so I try to share with guys, you know, your biggest problem is not this, it's you. <laughs> you know, and help them to see that, wow, this is really not something that I can't get over and can't go deeper in God yeah. and solve the other sort of complexities of my life. It was so, so in one sense, it's like, this is an issue that you know about. Yeah. In some ways, it's like maybe a set of lenses that they have on their yes. face that yeah. they see the whole world through, yes. which must be transferred yes. to gospel lenses. In other words, how we see the Lord seeing right. us yes, and exactly. think about that is so hard, but so yeah. important. Then when those are removed and you begin to think about it, it's like, okay, so what's the sin that's mm -hmm. under the sin? sin. And that's yeah. where you begin exactly. to see so much more commonality. Yeah. Yeah. You, the, the sin may manifest in your yeah. life in a different way, but it's the, the truth about, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, yeah. no temptation that sees you except what is common to man. Yeah. And that's where men I know who've gone through yeah. the integrity groups and been a part of other groups like that find the beauty because what they leave with is, Freedom. Yes. That doesn't mean they're set free yeah. perfectly, that yeah. the battle's over, yeah. but the freedom of, I can I can tell somebody, hey, this is yeah. a real struggle. Yeah. Right. This is what's going on. So back to Alyssa, I feel despicable. Mm -hmm. um, I feel alone. I see the world only through yeah. this lens. Yeah. If you take that away, I don't know how I'm going to see the world. I didn't even yeah. know that was an option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other things come to mind that might be hindrances to somebody saying, hey, I need help? Well, you know, I, I think you really need courage. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to get past the point where you are just immobilized by your fear. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I, I tell guys, you know, you know, 
you have to almost man up and you have to you have to exercise sort of and launch and be willing to say, you know, I'm going to step up to the plate and deal with this problem, which people don't really want to talk about. Yeah. And I find that so many guys will say, man, once I came sort of out of the closet and started sharing with other men some of the things I struggle with, that I was free. Yeah. That just, even if you don't get victory, just getting it out of the darkness and into the light it's has brought victory, such right? freedom for me. Yeah. And you realize, wow, this is really a ball that's this big, not this big. Yeah. And then you can begin to really see that ball shrinking and just to understand that, you know, I can be myself and be loved. You know? well, Tom, where you use the phrase, the courage, which I completely concur with you, we also have to realize the number of times that they have tried to say, I'm not going to ever do that yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's innumerable. Probably every time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you literally, know, yeah, for no, many, yeah. especially if they're a Christian, they're like, I'm not going to do this again. Yeah. I'm going to do this again. Yeah, and so, so all they have is a history of failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have really come to believe that it is impossible for them to change. Yeah. yeah. And so then you have them uh, struggling on the inside with how they feel about the sin itself and then their failure, their sense of failure over being able to change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you combine that together and you talk about immobilizing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's why you have a group like uh, the integrity groups that offer up hope. And now you've got a group of guys that say, we're working together on yeah. this. And yeah. that's the courage side of yeah. it. And that's the community side. And then it's also the gospel side. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it, those pieces all have to yeah. come together. Yeah. I, I imagine the people listening and watching, you know, are on a spectrum of, I am a believer, I'm a follower of Christ, and I know somebody's struggling with this, or I struggle with this, or this is in our marriage at mm -hmm. some level. And then there's, I hope, people watching who have yet to profess faith yeah. in Christ. And yeah. They're maybe on their way to understanding. So we may say things that they don't quite understand, like the word gospel, yeah. or even like what does integrity group mean. So I want to kind of unpack some of those things sure. so that anybody listening would understand what we mean. Yeah. So we as a church believe in God's word, right. all of God's words. God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, mm -hmm. correcting, training, and righteousness. Yeah. And so when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news of Jesus Christ that for all his children, he died for all the sins that mm -hmm. we would ever commit. Right. This side of heaven, as we receive him as our savior, that doesn't mean we're not gonna struggle with the flesh. Yes. And so these things, and Pat, you said this earlier, the struggle of lust, uh, sexual sin, those yeah. are not outside the church. That's right. They're not outside the life of a Christian. They're very much a part, which yeah. in some, time, some ways makes it harder because yeah. yeah. you feel like, I'm in Christ, I ought to be over this. Yeah. Yeah. So if we take all that we've said so far, you know, lack of courage, let's we'll just start mm -hmm. there. We have a lack of courage. We have a sense of shame. We have this sense of seeing the whole world through this. Right. Uh, we don't feel like we can let anybody know. We yeah. feel despicable. Mm -hmm. We're in isolation. One of the words that comes to my mind is that a there, there's a point where an individual says, I'm desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And in that place of desperation, actually courage can be born mm -hmm. where yeah. all you have to do is say, I need help. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I just need help. That's right. And it's scary. Yeah. It is scary. Mm -hmm. And what I want to really help people understand is that if you're in Christ already, and you're running from the Lord, and you continue to fall into these temptation patterns, when you say help, 
and you turn, it's not a long journey back. That's right. He's right there. Thank yes, you. Yes, I mean, yes. He's right there. He's yes. omnipresent. He's with you. And now he'll lead you through those steps. Yeah. If you aren't in Christ yet, that's the wonder of listening to what we're saying. Yes. You can have a trusting relationship with Jesus Christ where yes. your life is transformed forever and the power that he can give you to overcome is yeah. Israel. Yeah. So let's talk about integrity groups specifically. Yeah. And Pat, you may want to speak into other sure. groups that might will. Be, be helpful as well. But an individual says, they're listening to this, okay, I know I need help and I hear there's a safe place I can go. Mm-hmm. What should they expect if they reached out to you, Tom, or you, Pat, or one of the integrity men's group leaders? Yeah. What should yeah. they expect? Well, you know, the first thing I try to do is I, again, when I said earlier, is I try to create a space where they can tell me and share with me anything that they've ever done or will do or want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and just really to, so I, when I meet with them, I, I, I ask very pointed questions and, and, and folks will give me, sometimes they'll give me some attitude about that, but you really get right down the nitty gritty. <laughs> but I think it's really important to be able to have someone ask you, you know, are you looking at pornography? How much pornography? Yeah. Twice a day, five times a day. And I always start out with, are you looking at it like a couple times a day so they can say, oh, no, no, only once a week yeah, or once yeah. a month, right? Yeah. And so I try to create that environment where they could tell me anything. But the and, reason, real quick, the reason that's important is because this is ICU. This, is. this isn't, uh, this isn't a common cold. That's right. The, no. the, yeah, actually, in some ways, it is. Like everybody yeah. suffers yeah. from it. Yeah. But it's not. It's serious. Like the, yeah. the wake of destruction that it can create in yeah. your life personally and others is really yeah. significant. So I love that. I, yeah. And I know you do it with love, but it's like, yeah. hey, let's not waste time. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Well, that's exactly know. point. And, and and I think it's important for them. There there are, are folks out there who can't even articulate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they they'll give me. They'll say, well, you know, I'm doing it. And they'll like doing it now. Well, what is it? Yeah. And I Maybe. really almost lovingly want them to just. I want you to say it out loud, yeah. loud, because unless you can say it and begin to own it, and realize even you love it, you can't let it go. Yeah. You know, because like Abraham had to take his one and only son up the mountain and lay that which he loved on a cart mm-hmm. and sacrifice it. Be willing to do that. That's the same process for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to give up that thing which we might love more, even though we hate it. Yeah. We might love it more than anything else. And so I'm trying to get guys to start to own this as something that's wrong, first of all. Mm-hmm. That's something that I cannot get over, that I haven't found victory over it, but yet I'm willing to at least begin imperfectly mm-hmm. to be able to give that up. Mm-hmm. And so I just, like I said, just try to set the stage where you can be yourself, you can tell me what you're struggling with, because they've probably told somebody else and no one's ever had any help for them. Yeah. You know, and so I'm also, I try to be very aware that you really can be helped. Yeah. There, there, I know guys who are free. I don't care what your problem is. You can be free and live victoriously yeah. in, a, in a way that reflects God's image through you. Yeah. So, Which is so, important. so powerful. Yeah. You make an interesting comment there. They may have asked for help before yeah. and didn't get it. And I, I think sometimes the reason is because, especially with the younger generation, a younger generation is far more comfortable confessing mm-hmm. like struggles. Yeah. You know, like my generation and older, so our generation yeah. and older, right. They wouldn't even talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, mm. they'll talk about it, but it's not the same as repentance. Mm-hmm. Repentance means to turn and to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of times people are like telling one another, hey, I struggle with lust. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you mean by lust? Yeah. Like that's an example of, you can say lust yeah. and mean a lot of different things, but yeah. when you begin to name it, like it's yeah. looking at pornography, yeah. it's masturbation, it's just good on the list of whatever it might, paying for sex, whatever yeah. it might be. Until they do that, they're really still hiding yeah. behind that fear of, I can't tell you everything because yeah. then you would see yeah. me as the despicable person. That's yes. right, exactly. And all that does is delay 
the healing. Yeah. It delays yeah. the, the power of God's grace coming into their life, yes. beginning to set them free. Yeah. Pat, yeah. what would you add? Well, I, I would just say one of the other benefits that comes from the group setting like that is we would be incredibly naive to think that the day they show up that they're never going to have another failure. Sure. And I call it stubbing the toe. Yeah. Okay. And so what you're trying to do is create a spirit of honesty to where they can even say, I looked at pornography last night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they confess it to each other. And the beauty of what transpires in those groups is that it is it is not, that's no big deal. It's yeah. not dismissed. It is grieved over. Yes. Mm. And then it is like, so brother and sister, but but I mean, and I don't know what quite metaphor to use, but I, you know, I want to say, let's get back on the horse and let's yeah. keep yeah. going, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it is like, um, let's just remember that he's forgiven us all our yeah. sins. And that was one yeah. more, and we want to continue to strive towards that level of perfection, but yeah. know that we're here also. And again, Tom, please put any words yeah. that you would no, feel. I, I, it's you know. so good. I, you, know, I, you know, I think about, you know, we've, we've been doing these groups now five years. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and we first started, we would say, okay, you know, you're going cold turkey for 60 days. That would be, and there's a lot of programs out there who, you know, sort of promote that. And it became so clear for us that when we did that and somebody did not make the 60 days, that there, there was so much shame around that. Mm. And it almost became a math problem. Mm. If I can just check the box for this period of time, I'll be where I need to be. And so we've, kind of, we've moved away from that to where now really, you know, I try, to do, I try to get guys to see three things. First of all, they're deeply loved. And the goal of really, if I was to say, what was the most important thing is how can I help men to receive the love of God? Not to intellectually believe it, mm -hmm. but to really know that the, you know, Jeremiah talks about how God yearns for Israel, right? That he yearns in his belly for us. How can I get the yearning that, that they have inside of them for God or else they wouldn't be sitting in a group to connect that with the yearning that God has for them mm -hmm. so that together those two yearnings become almost a marriage that's and so powerful. Real quick, and so for those wondering what we mean by gospel, that's a yeah. that's the Christian yeah. profound difference yes. between Christianity and all the religions is that God has a yearning for yes. us. Yes. He rejoices over us with yes. God's singing. That's why he said, yeah. Where are you in Genesis three? Yes. Since his yeah. son for you know, yeah. that's the power of it. All right. Amen. So anyway, keep going. No, but you know, and the need to sought to satisfy that yearning through your behavior and means that if you have a slip or if you're having, if you're failure, if you're always a failure in this space, you just don't receive that. You can't go to God, you get back to Genesis three, where are you? Well, I'm hiding. Yeah. And just, you know, I try to get guys to learn to quickly repent, mm -hmm. to get back on your horse, because sometimes it takes them a week if they're having a fall to get back on track. Yeah. And I said, look, the Lord was with you when you were contemplating your behavior, when you were doing your behavior and in the residual of it. Why are you waiting to ask for forgiveness? Yeah. And I find that if I can get guys back on center more quickly, they begin to get victory in the front end. Yeah. You know, with, with God's grace. Yeah. So you said love. I want them to know yes. they're loved. You said you had three things. So yeah. I want them to know they're loved. Oh, yeah. Second thing is I want them to know that God has a plan for them. Uh -huh. And that's the whole idea, Ron, before the foundations of the earth. It's like 
you know, I, I just recently met a guy who was in his uh, late 60s and he's been struggling for, with this problem for sexual problems for very many years, but he's also been growing in God. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been doing stuff mm -hmm. in the kingdom, right? Yeah, yeah. And these two contiguous tracks, which this has really been a problem. And I've just tried to encourage him, you know what? God is not gonna not take all the, because he, now he's in the group and he's offering so much. He's got insight on other parts mm -hmm. of life. God's not gonna ignore all that and just say, now you gotta start all over again. Yeah. Let's get you back on track. Yeah. And so the second thing is that God really does have a plan for us. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is I try to help guys to understand 2 Corinthians, where Paul talks about, I've learned to sort of accept the trials and the hard things of my life. Because you have to be really comfortable in your own skin, yeah. where you understand God's grace, you understand your imperfection, you understand that I cannot judge anyone because I need to be judged, I'm worthy of being judged. And so yeah. those three things, I think, being able to receive, not just intellectually, but actually take them in, have no God has a plan for you, and then to be comfortable in your own skin. I know from my interview with these two gentlemen last, just a week or so ago, which is either airing before this one or after yeah. this one, uh, they both spoke about how quickly you shared with them you were on your way to freedom. Yes. And what that meant. Because yeah. mm -hmm. they're living in this, you know, depending on how far along you've been struggling, this, this is idea of I may never be free. Yeah. And that we're not going to be free from yeah. the temptation this side yeah. of heaven. I mean, Satan's going to bring everything yeah. he can against us. But yeah. to live in the freedom of Christ in me, that yeah. I'm no longer a yeah. slave. Yeah. I may fall, but I'm not owned by Satan. Yeah. I'm not owned by sin. Mm. It's so powerful. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that really does begin yeah. to be the, yeah. the very source that brings. So, Pat, you said something that I loved a minute ago. You were talking about grief, yeah. you know, when they yeah. confess. Right. And it took me to 2 Corinthians. I think it's 2 Corinthians 7 where Paul has written the first letter to the Corinthian church okay. and he speaks about harshly to the way they were living. And then in 2 Corinthians, he says, I know that my letter grieved you yeah. Yeah. and I'm sad that it made you, but it created godly, I'm paraphrasing, yes. but it created godly grief yes. that led you to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful yeah. Yeah. is that? Because the motive then becomes so yes. much more than, uh, you know, self-righteousness yeah. just becomes, I don't want to yeah. grieve yeah. my loving Savior. Right. Mark, I would also add one thing to what Tom has shared, and that is that I'm a big believer that sometimes we look, here's the behavior, what's going on down here. Uh -huh. And so one of the things that when I first taught the material that um, I learned from myself, you know, that some of the things that can prompt the running to pornography or sexual sin, you know, was... Um, the need for comfort, yeah. um, stress, or boredom. Mm -hmm. And um, the, at the same time I was teaching this, you and I lost a dear friend, Clay Smith. Yeah. And I was driving down Ross Avenue, and the next thing I know, I am in line at Sonic getting a Sonic Blast. Mm -hmm. And the reason why... I didn't even know until later was comfort, Yeah. okay? And I am the type that my weight goes up 25 and down 25. And I have to guard myself about how I go out and find comfort. So one of the things we've identified is that people are fearful of judgment. Yeah. You know, I'm the only one that's ever done this. Yeah. Um, or that is doing this. And I know how powerful it is when a man or a woman realizes 
No, I'm not, I'm not alone. Yeah. There's no person on this planet who doesn't have a list of things that were the reason Jesus had to die. Amen. And Pat, talk about that a little bit. Well, I thank you, you know, because where part of what my educational experience in this is that learning that boredom and stress and comfort oftentimes are the drivers of the behavior. So we look up here and here's the, the use of pornography and other sexual sin, but here's what might be driving it. Yeah. And our unhealthy need for comfort will run to things that are not in our best interest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can run to food and, right. and, you know, and in the eyes of a holy God, there's no difference between that and someone going to pornography because it's the sin is that I'm running to something other than him. Yes. And so, you know, we want to try to help them understand what some of these underlying things can be so that they can then do that. And where I've had to come in my own life was to realize that, you know, when they brought the woman that had been caught in the midst of adultery. Which, think about uh, that. I mean, the, yeah. just the horror, yes. yeah. shame, yes. the humiliation, yeah. the self-righteousness of the men who were oh, doing it. Well, yes. All that picture, all right? That yes. energy, yeah. Yes. And so the result of that was that Jesus, you know, they said, well, the law says we're supposed to stone her. What do you say? Yeah. And... He paused, and then he finally said, he who's without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Well, it says that from the oldest to the youngest, they walked away uh, and dropped their stones. And mm -hmm. I, mm. I can't throw a stone. Yeah. So and, for those who aren't watching but are listening, Pat mm -hmm. uh, powerfully just took out a pretty big rock and set it on the table. Yes. Um, and you're right, you can't. Yes. And Tom? Yeah. You can't either. You can't either, I love that. And you know, when you think about it, I mean, the stone that is, I mean, the pain of having this thrown at you. Mm. And this is what you're waiting for. Mm. And how do we say, we're not gonna do that? Yeah. Because I don't have any reason that I could throw a stone at you. And it's I so can't, powerful. I can't either, yeah. you know, and I'm a pastor. Um, and sometimes, there may be pastors listening to this, sometimes we think, well, I really can't tell somebody. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and that's the great lie of the enemy yeah. that he uses because he immediately wants to use secrecy yes. and isolation and then yeah. the idea that I can beat this, yes. I must beat this right. alone. Yeah. And it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's right. And that's, I always encourage ministers, it's like, the, and our pastors, on our staff, sure. the moment you hear the enemy say, you can't tell anyone, mm -hmm. yes. you need to see flares. You need to yeah. feel the flare that's going right. off yeah. so right. that you will stop and say, okay, yeah. I've got to talk to somebody. That's right. And I always tell them, you will be loved. Yes. You will be yeah. received because none of us yeah. can throw the stone. Yeah. And there was only one person there that could have. Right. Yeah, and and he said, "Woman, did no one condemn you?" Yeah. And she said, "No, no one." And he yeah. said, "Neither do I." And then the word "go," mm -hmm. and then and sin no more. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he's really extending this abundant grace to her, but he's also telling her that you need to 
you yes. need to address that behavior. Yeah. yeah. And so we want to be abundant grace givers in this ministry. Yes. We don't want to be people who only dispense judgment and condemnation. Yeah. You know, we want to be people who extend that grace and then walk alongside people in support and encouragement and help. Yeah. And I just, again, thanks Tom for mm -hmm. all the efforts and his heart behind it and yeah. the, the subsequent groups that have been formed. Yeah. Abundant grace givers. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a great title. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, that is yeah. what it is. It's like, there's grace for this. Yeah. There is grace for this. And I, I love what you said about food. You know, and I imagine some people hearing that are like, there's no comparison to somebody looking at porn yeah. and me eating consistently in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is you're fixing your eyes on the potential sins That's right. and not on the yeah. glory of God. That's yes. right. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we need the grace, that, that abundant grace that is promised in Christ. And we need to see these things through yeah. the lenses of which God sees them. And, you know, it didn't take more blood mm -hmm. or more nails on the yeah. cross for Jesus to die for those who yeah. struggle with sexual sin. Yes. It did for those who struggle yeah. with other sins that That's are right. not near as, yeah. um, you know, in the eyes of the world, heinous. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's where we have to get as a culture yeah. in the church, the church yeah. culture, to say, no, no, it really yeah. is. this is really true. Now, the wake of destruction can be different. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. No the consequences are all The consequences yeah. can be no very, yeah. very different. No yeah. doubt. But in the eyes of the Lord, we want people to understand there's hope yes. for any sin yeah. right. to come forward and say, yeah. help. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, oh, you go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, you know, as, as, as you were sharing, um, Pat and Mark, you know, it's that whole thing around isolation. Unless you can come out of isolation, you can't hear that message. Yeah, you can't even receive it because no one's even knowing you need it. And so I, you know, I think about Proverbs eighteen talks about he who isolates himself goes against all sound judgment. Mm -hmm. And how you know the the goal I really believe the Lord is trying to get us to move out of isolation um, into fellowship with Him, mm -hmm. and that comes through His people. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes me back to Genesis one twenty six. You know, I need to be with people. So that I can reflect to them the love of God. And like you said, when you said, Pat, about the rupture, you know, it's really not my sin. It's not this ruptured. This is that this thing is ruptured because of the fall mm -hmm. and it's no longer ruptured. And how can I live in a place where I now here am fully connected and then now I can go out and I can help people not to isolate any longer and myself included, yeah. not to isolate myself. So. Well, that's powerful because, I mean, you, you can prove that throughout Scripture. Yeah. It's one of the means of grace. You know, yes. Paul, or whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, who <laughs> preached yes. it, was that, said, yeah. you know, let us not give a meeting as some are in the habit of mm. doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more yeah. as uh, you see the day approaching, which is really powerful. Yeah. And a person who feels deep isolation in this could expect as they bring this into the yeah. light is they exercise that desperation. And yeah. Like mm -hmm. Psalm 107, I love Psalm 107. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble yes. and he delivered them from their distress. Yes. Each time before that, they tried to get themselves out of the trouble. That's right. They came to the end of themselves. Yes. When they cried, he delivered them. When that happens, you begin to no longer live in isolation, but That's you're right. not being used by God yes. to help bring right. other people yes. to freedom. Yes. Right. Which is, only well, God can make that up. Yes. It's so true. You know, Mark, and there's two stories that, that have a lot of overlap in my mind. And, um, you know, if we thought we had to deal with the Pharisees and the scribes like the woman caught in adultery, uh -huh. I would keep my behavior below the surface. Yeah. If I had to be the, the younger brother in the story of the prodigal son and had to deal with the older brother, 
then, you know, I might want to keep it in secret. The mm -hmm. beautiful part about us as the church is we do not have any right to be the older brother. We do not have any right to be the scribes or the Pharisees. We are broken people in the midst yes. of it. We're all dependent, and it is a place that that healing community can come alongside and just be that amazing support yeah, to man. each other. I love yeah. that. And so what's good. the primary motivation for individuals in a community like that? You'd like to believe it's healing. Uh-huh. You have a better one? Well, healing's powerful, but I'm thinking about those who maybe have already experienced the healing but recognize I've got to stay. Oh, oh I see. Oh, yeah. And I think it's love. Yeah. yeah. It it's really love. is. Yes. It, it is the, you use this really, it's receiving yes. this love that I'm really not worthy of, yes. but yes. I get anyway that's overwhelmed me. And yeah. now to see a brother or a yeah. sister. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Pat, you do a great job always of talking about let's look underneath. Yeah. What's yeah. the sin under the sin? Mm -hmm. And so often, it really is an issue of love, yes. right? Yeah. Have I received the love yeah. and really believe, really like I can preach yeah. mm -hmm. the gospel yeah. and, and I believe proclaim it powerfully and truthfully yeah. and say it's for you, yeah. but I can walk out of that pulpit not believing it's for, yeah, me, that's right. for me, right? Yeah, that's right. And then when I don't, you talk about, what do you think that's gonna lead? That's gonna lead me to all sorts oh, of things, sorts of things. Yeah. that are just lies. Yeah. But when I believe what I'm preaching, and I believe it's true yeah. for me, and I'm preaching it to myself, then all of a sudden it's like, how can I not, no, how can you not? be engaged with other people yeah. that's right. and show them that love? Yes, that's exactly. Right. Um, it's so good. So well, good. it's just so powerful. And y'all are doing that so well. I mean, you really are. And it's one of the things in our church that I love to champion. Mm -hmm. It's just, so let's talk about that for a minute. A lot of times people think, this is just for men. This is no. a, a men's issue, yeah. and certainly that's not true. That's Sexual true. sin mm -hmm. has affected women yeah. just as much in similar ways, but also in yeah. different ways. How do we help our sisters in this well, area as well? Yes, and I would just say that it's not only single men who have yeah, issues with absolutely. pornography. Yeah. And there are many that believe that once they got married, their issue with porn gone, would stop, yeah. and it doesn't. Yeah. And then they hide it, yeah. and then it gets exposed, and then the feeling of betrayal or infidelity is very significant. Yeah. And so um, from these groups, men coming into the top of the funnel and out of that was coming wives that needed support. Yeah. And so we've created a women's care group for them mm -hmm. and uh, for them to find that there's people that can understand what it's like for them and what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, then there's other another group that we have started that is for women that have experienced any form of sexual trauma yeah. in their past. Yeah. Now, there's many more groups we could start, right. but we are at that beginning phase of yeah. really wanting to see this as a holistic picture yeah. of what all are the you know, the differing places where sexual brokenness has really wounded somebody deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are the things we have, uh, you know, on the uh, docket right now. And um, we're just always wanting, thank you for giving the contact information because we want hurting yeah. people to know there are places that they can find help. Yeah, exactly. And if you are, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up, I guess, guys, but if, if you're watching or listening and you are in another country, you know, or mm -hmm. you're in another city and you're not in Dallas where we go, um, there are places that you can reach out to for help. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't find something, you know, the technology that we have today is yeah. incredible. Reach out to us at Deep yeah. Light. 
at pcpc.org. Send us an email. Maybe it's something else you're struggling with, but you just need help. We want yeah. so much to come alongside you and bring the hope of Christ. You can also call our church, 214-224-2500. Um, one of our pastors, somebody that's involved with counseling like Pat in our ministry or Tom would be delighted to get in touch with you and help. Um, the things that we've talked about today um, are very important yeah. to us. Um, we actually really do love each other. We love the Lord. We walk as those who've been saved by grace, who still live in a fallen world, yeah. who stub our toes, yes. who fall, who confess our sins, seek to repent and walk yes. in a way that brings Him glory. And that's something that happens every day. That's why God's Word is so powerful because it says His mercies are made new each morning. And we don't receive that in a cheap way. We recognize the cost to God Himself in sending His Son to die for us that we could have that life. And so when we sin, it grieves us. Yeah. And if it doesn't grieve us, it grieves us that it doesn't grieve us. <laughs> yes. And that's called yeah. fruitfulness. That's a sign of God's love, love in our life. Mm. I'm very grateful uh, for you brothers, for yeah. your stories. Mm -hmm. They're powerful in the way in which you continue to, to lead in our church. Uh, women and men yeah, who are yeah. dealing with this issue specifically. So I'm grateful for your yeah, time, yeah. and I hope it's been deeply encouraging to you. Thank you for giving us your ears uh, and your eyes if you're watching. We are very, very thankful. God yeah. bless you. Thank you for listening to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. We would love for you to be our guest this Sunday morning as we gather together for worship at 8, 9.30, or 11 a.m. We are located in the Uptown Dallas area at the corner of Oaklawn Avenue and Wycliffe Avenue. To find out more, please visit pcpc.org.